0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Believe in the fight game. Hello, everyone. This is Charles. Yeah, with believe in the fight game on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team and every sport in LA and more. We believe in sports. Do you believe? So, June, have you been to San Francisco? Is that where you primarily
1: grew up at? I grew up in, I was born in, I'm on the camera. I was born in Hawaii. Okay. But grew up in San Francisco. And then um, in my teens, my family moved across the Golden Gate Bridge to Marin County. My father's business did really well. So we had an awesome home and it was huge and it was great. Um, But yeah, up in Northern California. Did not like the weather in San Francisco. Oh. Did not dig the fog in the 60 I'm an I so did not dig that. But moving to Marin County was always 20 degrees warmer, so loved it,
0: yeah. But, but have you been back ever?
1: You know what, um, my, I don't have any family. Well, I have a, a couple of nieces actually living in San Francisco, um, the suburbs outside. Yes, my, my one of my sister lives up there and my mom um, stays with her. So I've been, but not for a while—not since COVID.
0: You know, haven't been. Feel that? Does it feel different? What? Well, last time you came up compared to the time when you were growing up there?
1: Oh, of course. I mean, even before the um the massive homeless pandemic, I went up maybe even ten years ago, and I kind of felt it was a little bit different um, growing up there. I mean, I I kind of what I really did love about San Francisco was that it's only seven miles and you can go from J-Town to um, North Beach, you know, um, the Italian restaurants, to Chinatown. I always felt, I mean, I hadn't been to New York's Chinatown, but I always felt that San Francisco Chinatown was pretty cool.
0: So. Right. And, and I also feel there's also been a demo shift, right? Like you were talking about, um, you know, the homeless issue now, now we have it here prominently. You go to Eagle Rock, Glendale, Venice beach. It's, it's nuts.
1: Uh, but yeah, and then I have, um, family who, like I said, I have faces that live there and then I have, um, family that go into the city and, and they said that it's, it's very different. And for years, my father threw the California karate championships at the San Francisco Civic Auditorium. That was a huge thing, he did that for a number of years. Um, and then you talk to family, and they go, "Oh no, you can't go down to the Civic Center. You know, can't go there. There are tents, and it's kind of sad because San Francisco. I mean, I, I said I was never crazy about the weather, but still, was a beautiful city. Um, loved the cable cars, loved um, Pier Thirty Nine. But it's kind of sad that um, it's not the
0: same. And my mom is
1: really brokenhearted about that. She really is.
0: Oh, I bet. But you also lived in in Hawaii, aside from being born you know, Born in Hawaii, my
1: dad born. is born and raised in Hawaii, um, and he grew up in Honolulu, and then in his teens, they moved to the Hawaiian homestead because of my grandmother's Hawaiian. My grandmother's Hawaiian, um, my father's father is Latin, um, but they were able to um, stay at the Hawaiian homestead for years and years, and we go um, every summer and stay and visit for, gosh, for a number of years, Well, Hawaii.
0: Really left right. right and and so it's safe to say there is a lot of the enculturation of Hawaii, even though you were going up up north. So the wait is finally over. Football is back, and you might be at the game this year. But you can still be on the action at Bet Online. For me, since I'm a big Laker head and NBA fan, I totally go to BetOnline to make sure I bet on my favorite team, and it's Lakers all the way, baby. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Just because my dad was always such a strong influence. Now, on my mom's side, on the Filipino side, my mom came over. She's first generation. She came over when she was 13. Um, She said she could read and write English, but she couldn't speak. So going to an American school was very difficult for her. So um, my grandparents um, didn't speak. um, She uh, spoke Tagalog and mostly Ilocano. But because they wanted her to be Americanized you know, different time, um, they didn't speak the language and they only spoke English to her to help her assimilate. Um, And just so many years went by that she couldn't um, teach it to us growing up. I mean, when she's with family and friends, she giggles, she can kind of understand and she'll say something, but not enough to really, to really teach us. So we did grow up a lot with the, um, more of the island and the Hawaiian culture. I got more into the Filipino culture. I mean, of course I was so close to my Filipino grandparents. Um, love the food. Um, <laughs> but I got more into the history um, and the Filipino pride. Um, with training in college so it's kind of
0: it's amazing yeah it's been uh, what i've noticed from people who train in fma filipino martial arts it for some reason automatically pick up and it becomes part of their bloodstream already it's like okay well then i am culturally filipino it seems over anything else whether if you're a filipino chef or just like a designer for some reason people who train in the the martial arts are just immediately immersed right
1: or kind of unifies. Um, too, Because, I mean, one reason Magellan was able to defeat the Philippines for what all the fighters there was because the divide and conquer. And I still, I, I still believe some of that still exists. And I'll tell family and friends, come on, Filipino pride doesn't matter what part or what area, um, what dialect, you know. So, you know, just try. And I think the martial arts kind of unifies that
0: right and, and you know I, I, boastfully i say this i think the generation younger than us they're a little bit more unified than our time
1: oh okay well that's wonderful at least it's going in the right direction that's that's terrific
0: love that right they just have the ext- the attention span of like 15 seconds or less that's the only thing cuz they're millennials and gen zers so they can't focus as much but they're 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 not like Oh, that—that's another Filipino. Let's stare each other down and have beef, you know. Right. Americanize you too, by the way.
1: Right. Or well, um, and Manny Pacquiao, the success of him may have had something to do with that as well. So, yay
0: Manny! Right. And, and did it feel so much more exclusive because your dad was who your dad is? You know, the legend, Sir Castro. When you were training, was it? Did it feel natural to train, or was it more like, "Oh my God, my legendary dad is training me"? Or oh, did it feel no. natural?
1: My dad was my dad. You know, you you talk to you know actors' children. It's still my dad was my dad, and um, I mean, he was tough. He was no joke, and he was very um serious and very passionate about um the martial arts. He loved all martial arts. Like I said it was his passion, and then later his profession for over. 50 years and I never really looked at it that way I mean he was very serious and on the mat training it wasn't oh hi dad you know we, we he ran it like a class and this was, was our instructor um no just my my said my dad was um, um no joke he was a little tough guy um, but at the same time um very loving and very affectionate and um, his family met Everything to him. So I kind of got the best of both worlds with my dad. And one of the main things I got from him was um, his fearlessness. Um, And you don't take the martial arts just in the facility, just in the dojo, just in the karate studio or the Muay Thai Academy. You have to be able to take it to every aspect of your life. And I really learned that from my dad. I saw that uh, with him. And you'll see. Other martial artists who, when they're out of their comfort zone, it's like, wait a minute, aren't you that big bad? I mean, you can be nice, and, but you just see that the confidence is a little bit different once, once they get out of their, um, their comfort zone. My dad never did that. He carried it with him in every aspect. And that's what I, that was one of the, um, the greatest gifts that I was able to get and learn from him.
0: A- any sibling type pressure to, like, oh my God, dad? is teaching all of us, I got to make really make them proud. And did you end up like fighting each other and then throwing each other with a hip toss or like grabbing a screamer stick and whacking each other over the head? With my dad, um, I didn't learn the
1: Kali from my dad. It was Kali and later Sheldon, but I get what you mean. Um, And, you know, siblings arguing and fighting, that's part of growing up. And my father, though, recognized the dangers of us you know, <laughs> fighting and using our training. So, no, like I like said, my dad was no joke, and it wasn't a rule. He laid down the law that if we used our training against one another, one punch, what didn't matter, we'd have to answer to him. And all of us, we, we didn't fight because of that. And we knew if we broke that law, the consequences were way greater than some childish disagreement. So, no, we did not fight, did not um because that was not
0: allowed we didn't do it since you run like a uh a really like one of the first um prestigious like kids programs in striking do, do you feel in a societal sense do you feel that's lost like kids nowadays they don't listen to their parents as much or what what is your gauge with how kids are You know
1: what, you can talk to every generation and they'll say something about that. Um, My dealings with the parents, with parents I've had is kind of remind them, remember, you're the parent, you have to guide them. These are your children. And if you let your children do whatever they want, they're gonna eat cake and ice cream for dinner. Um, I had this one student and the father had a great opportunity to teach his son, his four-year, well, five-year-old son, a valuable lesson. I had a a younger problem because the classes are age-specific. And in the three and four-year-old group, he was a superstar, he was four, he did great. So now he turned five and he had to move up to the next level. Um, And then he was kind of timid. I was like, don't worry, you'll get it. You know, because the drills were a little bit tougher, all age-specific. And then the father comes to me after a few weeks, goes, you know, I, I think, Um, I mean, he enjoyed the classes so much um, in the younger group. um, I think it's too difficult for him. Um, So I'm going to have him stop. He doesn't want to come anymore because it's too hard. And I said, Dad, you have this great opportunity to teach your child that when things get tough, when it gets hard, and it will, it's called life, you push through, you hang on, you make it work, you don't just quit. And I said, don't let him quit because that starts a process of his life, of, oh, it's too hard, oh, he's going to quit. And I said, what's going to happen once he leaves elementary school? Then he goes to junior high, oh, it's too hard, and then high school, and then college, and then life. And I said, don't let him quit. You are his parent. Let guide him, and show him that he can do this, and push through, and train, and work at it. Um, and unfortunately, the father gave in, and the little one, quit. And I saw them a few years later. And it was kind of sad because I saw them at a school event. And to see this boy who was, when I trained with him, three and four, and to see him just so strong and see that leadership. And then all of a sudden, this was three, four years later, and to see the shy introvert um, couldn't look you in the eyes. And it's because the father let him quit, and he probably let him quit. With um, other areas, and I thought
0: that was really sad. So, so do you? Is it kind of like you and Crew Walter are like Caesar Milan, you know, to like dog, <laughs> you know, because it's really not the dog, right? <laughs> it's it, it, it's the the parent. Well, the okay, parent, we have work. What I'm trying to get it. I understand what you mean. Um, or and I I truly
1: believe, um, because I do teach a lot of children, um, that there aren't bad children. I mean, they're bad adults. But there aren't bad children, they just make bad choices. And when they make a bad choice, not to tell them they are bad, but to recognize, wait, this is a bad choice. And how, how do you feel when you make a bad choice? How do you feel when you make a great choice? Happy, how does mom and dad feel? So that whole process, um, we have to work at, as a team with the parents, with the teachers, and it's just you know building the children's confidence, um and, and your self-esteem. And there's a real misconception about self-esteem. Oh, I need to build my self-esteem. i get a new hairstyle. I'm gonna get some new clothes. No, 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 no. Building your self-esteem, you take the attention off yourself. And it's doing esteem things for others. That's how you feel good about yourself as you service and you help people. Um, not oh I'm getting new outfits so I feel good about myself. No, no. Take <laughs> the attention off of yourself. Um and the same thing with with building confidence. I'll have parents come in and all he needs, um, he needs confidence. And I'll be like, okay, that's great. Um, That's why we're here and we're here to help. But building confidence for kids and adults is still a process. Um, And in three phases, the first thing is you do the work. You don't just show up, you bring it. Do the work, you get in there. Um, The second thing is you learn from your mistakes. You fall, get your ass back up. You take your licks. It's a process, but it makes you better. Um, And then the final phase is you step up to challenges. And again, if you get knocked down, you get back up, get out of that comfort zone. um, Because confidence is something that you um, cannot take from someone else. Um, You cannot buy. That's something that has to be earned. Um, And that's also something that you can't fake it till you make it because confidence, confidence shows in your body language, in your voice inflection, and behind the eyes. And again, you can't fake that because push comes to shove, you better be able to do your stuff. And that comes from what? Back to number one, doing the work.
0: Yeah, and maybe maybe uh, Josh's son has beat up a lot, a bunch of the other kids, cause Crew and you have trained him so well, right? <laughs>
1: It's not about that
0: the so, and
1: then boom oh no, it's not about that i
0: don't want any of our kids to
1: fight you don't want them to fight but you want the confidence behind their eyes and because then if he's using his training and being the kids then he's a bully and we got to address that and i've told that to kids i'm not going to train you to hurt people and you know i know he's a still too but um he does have confidence he does and a lot of it comes from him doing uh from doing the work but I don't want the kids to fight. Parents don't want their kids to fight. Um, but to have that confidence and to look at somebody and look at them and be like, hey, you know what, I don't want to fight. But not to be afraid, and they see that. Um, I've been in situations where just from my voice and my body language and some kind like, man, you're a crazy bitch, you know, like, that's right. <laughs> that's right, are you ready to die?
0: possibly um,
1: So again, um, to have that confidence Comes from doing the work,
0: and, and and I mean this in a societal sense again, because you guys have been like you know staple, like in training people. But with the kids program, have you seen a a, a bigger need or a bigger effort in training these kids more mentally? Because the kids now are different than, than our time.
1: Yeah, you know what I I understand uh, what you're talking about, and we have to. I mean, sometimes children need to be motivated and it's really depending on the age group that they need to be mm. motivated a little bit differently. Um, three and four year olds, those, um, those young ones are used to getting whatever they want. So they come into a class, I want this, I want that, I want this, and they start grabbing things and I'm like, thank you for your opinion, but no. And This is the first time they're hearing that no. Um, the five and six year olds, of course, know the difference between right and wrong, um, they're just getting used to their bodies. Um, and at that age group, um, some of them are, are kind of young psychologically, but when they see their peers, you know, standing there doing what they're supposed to be doing and not, you know, oh, I can't do this or crying because they, they didn't win. When they see their peers, um, you know, following the rules and going through that, that really helps. One of my favorite age groups, um is the seven to nine Mm. because they just want to please and they work hard and it's kind of funny but the same kids once they get into the higher age group the 10 to 13 all of a sudden friends are real important and then you gotta again motivate them a little bit differently
0: and and do you find it that uh, because you know right now we're talking about a great aspect of curriculum, you know, but you've been through so much as far as for the evolution of Muay Thai, stand up, kids program. Do you find it because this is happening in BJJ, where the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu legends are like, "Oh, today's Jiu Jitsu is soft. That's that's sport. I'm self defense." Do you think Muay Thai or the art of kickboxing has even softened?
1: Well, you know that's. I mean, my father was getting that, oh, you're a commercial. And when you teach the masses, um, you have to adjust. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be softer. Or or I remember having a conversation with um, jujitsu instructors. And this is at the time when it took, what, 10 years to move up and rank? And And I said to them, I said, trust me. Um, my father's been through this. I mean, you know, back in, in the 60s and the 70s with karate, it was very different. Um, and I can see what you're talking about with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, you know, like I said, it took 10 years to move up. But I said, but wait, wait till there's a Jiu-Jitsu school. Right now you have the only game in town. Wait till there's a Jiu-Jitsu school on every corner and every city. And then you'll see how you kind of start having to adjust with the ranking and the teaching. I mean, it's, it's really part of the evolution of, te- of teaching the masses. That's, that's part of it. And it, it really is up to the individual instructor. Um, there is some gray area, but to make sure that doesn't happen and that, you know, the children are soft. And I, I remember who um, also came back from Thailand, and I was teaching the kids' class, and the kids were doing great. And he comes to me. He was in Thailand for over a month. And, of course, the children in Thailand are training at five, six years old. And he comes to me, our kids are soft. And I said, you just came back from Thailand. And I said, here's the difference, dude. Our kids are training because they want to train. I said, we don't have to, you know, in Thailand, they're training because they have to. Um, And it's a whole different animal. And, um, yeah, and and fortunately, um, you know, the kids want to be here, so it'll be a little slower uh, process, but they're hanging in there you know they're pulling their weight and it was because he had spent that time with thai kids and and, and Tong was also um kuyutong you know help kids off the street it was kind of a little orphanage for, for the young ones so for kualt to see that and to see these six-year-olds and these seven-year-olds um, slamming pads and if you're um a follow or, or somebody just visiting and you're sitting there they'll come and take you and get to work. And then you see them um, a few hours later, six-year-olds folding clothes and you know doing their part. So again, it's very different. But yeah. I remember, he said that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and for those who are listening and or watching, Crew uh, Walter is is an old school dude that like everyone revered him, and you know back in the day. If you weren't Thai, even if you were Filipino or Vietnamese and you were a Thai fighter, they'd be like, yeah, but he's not Thai. Okay? Crew's like one of the OGs, OGs. But it's not just that. I mean, he, um, oh,
1: he's not Thai. Yeah, but he could he could speak Thai. Sure. His coaches uh, were Thai. He trained in Thailand. Um, and, um, you know, okay, oh, he's a follow-on. Some people kind of felt that way. But why, if he wasn't qualified or or respected or revered, why did Kuya Tong, one of the most famous um, Muay Thai coaches of all time, hand um, the West Coast Grant of his City Tong to Walton? You know, there's a reason for that. And he, from day one, never took that lightly and always was, um, you know, in awe of that. And um, yeah, so whether he's tired or not, was so like, oh, it's in my blood. Yeah, it could be, um, or just like with my family, you know, it's in our DNA, but you still got to train. You still got to train. You still got to do the work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, people who don't know him, um, of course, former Muay Thai um, champion in different weight classes, um, founder of sitong Los Angeles, the West Coast branch of um, sitong Thailand, also known, um, to as one of the most successful camps um, because they produced more... Stadium champions than any other, so I mean that that's that's a lot on his shoulders, um, and he's he takes it with stride and with 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 pride. Um, so again, people who don't know his former uh, Muay Thai um, champion in different weight classes, um, top Muay Thai coach, um, what canine dog trainer, competitor shooter, Yeah,
0: yeah, and and I interviewed a few actually quite a bit of uh female uh MMA and BJJ fighters because you it's fundamentally mentally drilled into your head is it was it hard for you to not date someone or marry someone who's not a martial artist? Uh,
1: that's kind of one of my little pet peeves, that little thing. Um <laughs> when um instructors um male instructors date their students. It's not an equal, they're not on equal levels. That's like a professor dating the student. And uh, women come to places like this as a safe haven. Well, I know in our gym, I can't speak for other gyms, not to hook up. I mean, that's, I mean, and then people, when they know um, uh, my husband, Walter, um, what I talk about one of my pet peeves, is they think I was um, a student of his in his class. Um, and then we started dating when we got married. I trained in Muay Thai five years before I even met him. Um, I trained at um, Fairtex. I trained with the um, Thai Boxing Association. Of course, no uh, training with Walter because of his skill level, because he was an active fighter, because of Tse-Tong, he took my low from here to there, of course. But again, training in the martial arts since I was three or four, um, training in the JKB concepts for over seven years, which introduced me to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and a colleague, Sila. Muay Thai um and then also more formal boxing and then to have students say to on oh did you guys meet when he was teaching you um, no I mean it was funny because the gym that we uh, both worked at he taught the 430 Muay Thai and I taught the 530 boxing so that's how we met and it was more on an equal thing than than uh, a teacher
0: student thing yeah, but, but, but what I was asking, Miss June, was, well, let's see, like, was it possible for you to date, like, I don't know, an engineer? Not that an engineer is bad. Mm-hmm. A non-martial artist, maybe that's.
1: You know, it's funny. Um, I had an ex-boyfriend that was a martial arts. And after, you know, that was done, I remember. Uh, and then meeting Walter. And then you would kind of like there was an interest. Um, But I was like, I'm not going in that pool again, (laughs) not happening. Um, And I just, you know, kept my distance and then, you know, tried to um, date. I, you know, I dated other people, but again, it's got to be some core beliefs and things that you have um, in common. And then it was by chance too, that when we did go out, because, you know, especially when I was training too, there were was a lot of women, and you got to set boundaries when you train people. So it's, it's not a, a dating thing, a hooking up thing. I don't only go out to eat if we um, all train together. Okay. Um, and they all do, and all, I got you. And i was like, no, I got it. Same old date. I got it. Um, so to always keep those boundaries. Um, so even though he'd say, hey, let's go out, um, I just, I didn't kind of want him to get the wrong idea, just by chance. I don't. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but we did go out. Um, and I tell this woman, give him a chance, because when I actually sat down and had a conversation with him, I realized he was way more than a martial artist. He was a musician. He um, um, was from the Midwest, and it was just to um, to see it wasn't one dimensional, and 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 this great sense of humor. So that was. The interest. I'm not looking for a martial artist, but because that's such a big part of my life, I don't think, I really don't think I could be with um, an engineer, and that's, that's there's anything wrong with it. But we don't have that that common um, ground, or or he ends up training because I train. No, that's not good. You gotta be able. I'm allowed to handle. You gotta be able to hold strong with me. So, I mean, it, it it worked out. We've been married almost 20 years. Um, right,
0: and I ask that respectfully in a surveyic kind of way because for some reason when I interview musicians, actresses, they want the complete opposite. But for some reason, I'm batting eleven for eleven out of the previous ten uh, women that I've interviewed. Like, well, maybe you're exclusive to this, but they're like, no, I can only. I, yeah. For some reason, I can only date martial artists.
1: So. But you know, I could see that for for acting, you could see how that would be. Very difficult, oh. especially for two actors. And then there's some sort of um, competition, or or because I remember um, this one actor I knew. He and his girlfriend were having a difficult time because he wasn't working and she was, and he was trying to be supportive. And and just the um, the attention and the limelight. Oh, he has it now, and not me. I, I could see that for actors. How that would be very very difficult, and and they would want what they call like a regular person for some sort of um, normalcy or to keep them grounded. And, and it's like, you know, dude, don't give me your own press here. You know, this is I'm your wife. So or, you see how that would be different.
0: And um, leading to the actual question, uh, was it, is it easier to have a husband that you're running a business with and opening up a gym with, or were there a lot of adjustments? Um,
1: you know, I think I'm going to, the fifth on this no, no i'm kidding um
0: no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um you know we both have very strong personalities and sometimes that works to our advantage um and sometimes not but i think for us um i can't like i said i can't speak for others and i i, I think for us when we keep our focus on what's best for the business what's best for the students And the attention is taken off of the individual. Again, the self-esteem, what's best for the business, what's best for the relationship, what's best for the students rather than the individual person, that helps you really stay on track. Um, And, you know, like I said, it's been challenging with two dynamic um, personalities. Um, There's definitely fireworks. Right. But then with those fireworks, sometimes there's fires and you just put them out and they get back on track. And I think one of the main reasons we make it work um, or have been able to make it work is because my husband, uh, my partner, is the alpha male. And I'm happy being the Bravo boss lady. So that's how we kind of balance it out.
0: Yeah, and and because the reason why I asked that, um, I I won't name the actor, but he's in a series called Kingdom, mm-hmm. and then it's it's a story about like running an MMA gym. Mm-hmm. So the mo- one of the most common things is the guy always like, oh, don't worry about charging him, don't worry about charging him, and then the and then the females like, look, dude, we we can't be allergic to money. Okay. Well, you can't well, do that. And, you know, we don't we, seem to we went like through that. that.
1: We totally went through that. Um, because he had a lot of friends. Um, and um, we, we went to that, oh, just train, or, or oh, they, they would say what they wanted to pay. And I had to remind him, you know, this ain't some backyard training a club. I said, we got rent to pay, we got bills to pay, this is what we're doing for a living. Um, so, what ended up evolving, um, and it kind of took the pressure off of him. When friends, people come, hey, you know, Rocky, give me a deal, Cookie, give me a deal. Um, and he directs them to me. Um, and, you know, I, again, it's perceived value on what you're getting for your training. So it is very affordable. I mean, our our program, our, say our unlimited program, somebody trains um, three times a week and they stay for two classes. Um, that could be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and a Muay Thai class or a boxing class in the Muay Thai. So doing six classes a week on our Unlimited um, breaks down to less than $10 a class. You, sure. you can't get a Happy Meal for that or a yoga class for that, for that cost and, and the level of, of training. So, I mean, I, I feel our rates are more than fair. And, you know, I tell people it's okay for us, you know, to um, charge a fair price. And if you're going to support us, then this is how you support us. Um, and, you know, we have specials when people can sign up if, if they sign up within their intro week. But, you know, bottom line is, yeah, we've we got to run a business. And our landlord there with his hand out, you know, the utilities company. Um, so it's a business.
0: Maybe you don't realize this because you've been around so many legitimate fighters and family. But to me, the the time that I trained with you guys, there was like this really good balanced meal because you have the hardcore guys who are beating the shit out of each other on one side and then the technical kids and then the technical hobbyists. Does that feel like utopian to you or are you just you no longer like that just well okay this is everyday.
1: You know that yeah that it's it's everyday there's there's to a misconception in people um thinking that this is all hard a hardcore fighting so it is but from day one the people paying our bills and keeping our doors open are the students training for fitness and self-defense, um, whether it's technical, whether it's uh, whether it's technical because they want to learn martial arts. The, uh, the fighters are a real small percentage of the enrollment. And, you know, we have uh, students that train, they are hardcore and they spar, but they don't want to fight for a living. And that's okay, too. Or I had this one father signing up. Yeah. Um, his um, 16 year old son and he comes to me, he's inquiring about information. I want my son to train here, but I do not, do not want him to fight. And I looked at him and said, don't worry, dad fighters are a rare breed. It's not for everyone. It ain't easy and somebody's gotta want it. You can't force anyone to do it. So I said, no, that's not a requirement that they, they train for competition, but part of the training, is being able to defend themselves. And there's gonna be some contact. Um, but again, you know, it, it's, it's in a, um, a safe and, um, and supportive environment. And I was telling them, these are their teammates. They're not um, trying to hurt them, they're gonna get them. Um, but person on the street is gonna try and take their head off. So wouldn't you want this type of training for your child? And all of them was like, yes, yeah, of course. Because tell them in the street, One of three things is moving. It's happening. You are moving, you are hitting, or you're being hit. That's the same thing that's going on in the ring with boxing and ring tie. You are moving, you are hitting, or you're being hit. Um, And when you get hit, you know, it's like, okay, what happened? Why did that happen? Oh, I'm chin down, keep my hands up. And you don't get mad, you just get them back. And um, like I said, you take the lips and you you get better. Um, But you, you learn how to defend against real stuff coming in and at the um the ranges of combat which you know is what Bruce Leah talked about, you know, punching range, kicking range, elbow range, standing grappling, and to have an art that has all that and a fight. Um and, and the only range um, missing from that
0: is the ground and that's where Brazilian fits jitsu comes in. Miss June, can you give me another 10, 15? 10, 10, 15 minutes? Oh, sure. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, have you developed a good instinct and I if someone comes in and goes in, in finding if this person's a fighter or not it doesn't matter if they're going to be successful or not but can you do you have like that sixth sense already you know um it's the ones who come in and say
1: i want to be a fighter okay have you changed no or one guy came in i want to be a pro fighter and it's like, okay, great. Are you an amateur fighter? And he's like, no, I don't have any training. And I look at him, that, that's a long road from no training to a pro fighter. And we got that all the time. And the same thing I tell them all, just train. Just train. Oh, you don't know. You don't realize I do this is what I want to do. Well, okay, then train. You still got to train. I had this one guy just going on and on. You don't understand. This is what I want to do. And I was doing that. Okay, train. Um, we got some fighters in there. We got some beginners in there. But everybody works together. Because the one thing, too, about Arjun, our or Kaimoi, is eagles are left at the front door and replaced with teamwork and camaraderie. And when they, of course, people are kind of hesitant about fighters. And I was like, you know, the better someone is, the nicer they are. They have nothing to prove. They prove it in the ring. They don't need to walk around with a chip on their shoulder. So he was going, this guy was going on and on i said just train you have to take the first step i said okay train. Okay. um about five minutes into the warm-up um his girlfriend comes running to the front desk do you have a bag I'm like a bag what are you talking about she a plastic bag what are you talking about and she says my voice is about to flow off i knew where he kind of was it was where there was a lot of bags there. And I said, you have them? I mean, like uh, workout bags. And I said, you have him get his ass up and go to the bathroom. And him, I'm not giving him a bag, you know. And of course, he just the warm up. And he was throwing up. Okay, happens. He comes to the front desk, so humiliated and so and, and embarrassed. And I said, don't matter. I said, come back. Prove that this is what you want. She says, the warm up, come back. Unless you threw up in one of the fighter's bags, then I uh, wouldn't come back. And I kind of laughed, but I said, um, come back. Did he no do they no so it's the toppers um that just that's just talk it's the people who come in and they train and they do the work um I guess I'm kind of jaded because of people coming I oh, I want to do this uh, one funny kind of funny for me it was kind of funny we had moved to our second location and this guy came in with his girlfriend and he was going on and on each about 18 how she he he knows she should fight. She should fight. She was kind of looking at me. I don't know if I want to do this. Um, I said, okay, just she just needs to train. He goes, no, I've worked with her, and I train with her. She's really good. Um, she should fight. I said, okay, but she still has to train. And I said, this is a small community. Where, where did you train at? And this was um, at our second location, which I don't know if you remember. Was just, I played against sports? Yeah, it was right next door. It was. It was literally four blocks west from our first location. And then I said, this is a small community where you seem like you've trained. Um, If you're training her, and you have this eye um, that she's a fighter who has the potential to be this great fighter, where did you train them? And then he goes, oh, um, they're no longer there, they closed down. And I go, really, Well, well, where where was it? Because like I said, we know know a lot of uh, the small community. And he goes, "They were about four blocks um, East, and I, at and I, said, I look at him. I said, come in the corner place, and there was a jiu-jitsu school right next to it? And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's where I train." And I said, dude, that was us. And I ran the front desk, and I don't know who you are or where you trained, but you did not train with us. Uh. Face, in your face! <laughs> um, just because, you know, he was going on and on, um, and with the girlfriend, she did end up, end up training for a little bit, but of course, it was only in the fitness classes. Um, you know, you gotta have, um, you gotta have a certain thing if you're gonna fight, and not everybody has it. And even with women, not, not everyone has it. They are a certain breed. I had this one um, uh, female student who was, she played water polo, I believe, in college. Very athletic, great runner. Um, she was going to move to Arizona, and she had been actually training in the fitness classes and did some Muay really Thai classes. Um, and, she, and this is when there was a lot of uh, smokers going on. And she said, you know, I think I wanna I wanna fight before I, I you know move away. And I said, okay, we'll start, you know, start doing the boxing classes, start running with fighters, um, start coming into the spa and get your gear. Um <clears throat> she sparred with one of the girls and one popped in the nose, like, not for me. Um and you know it's not for everybody
0: but absolutely and and i feel like a lot of people because you know and and i mean this with utmost respect towards jujitsu but you you just can't forget about muay thai boxing everything's such an essential hybrid to mma now and i think there is a renaissance i don't know if you feel that but i'm seeing a renaissance of people going back into striking and also adding wrestling so it's great and and has the jiu-jitsu craze helped you guys as a gym well you know we we brought
1: um jiu-jitsu um into si real early on Sure. 2005 2006 they've definitely um been been a part of sitong our um um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu coach Fernando Castillo um, is a second degree black belt, um, trained with Half Gracie, um, moved out of the area, got his black belt from Bada Bada. And we are known as the stand up gym, um, striking um, Muay Thai Academy, and proud of it. But um, we have um, pro and amateur Muay Thai and MMA fighters. We have um, I think, six titles of, of MMA state champion. We have a flyweight and featherweight um, MMA state champion, that's Gilbert Nassatani. um MMA state champion, that's Johnny Ferris. Lightweight MMA state champion, Richie Leroy. Um, middleweight, um, Andrew Mastoa. And our heavyweight MMA state champion, who's also a pro now, and that's Big Mike Quintero. So that speaks volumes of our jiu-jitsu program, of our ground game. If we got that many state champions, um, most of them have gone on to pro, and all but one are actively trained, So, yeah.
0: and, and I'll back you up with that, and I won't name the BJJ school, but I've seen Richard tap a renowned no-gi school. Yeah. And, you know, I was watching it at a very curious eye because I'm like, okay, this is, this is a Sidya guy. And he just tapped three guys from this no gi school. So I'll, yeah. I'll I'll tell the listening audience I'll back you up on that. One thousand.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and Richard Roy is a great fighter. He um, actually had a, an injury, but um, he's coming back. So yeah, that's great. We got some. We, we got some great guys. I mean, they're they're high level, but they're also again because you know they come from the coach and um, they started with him. Most of them started. Um, from the ground up. So, you know, they had great attitudes. They're
0: great guys. Right, and not even to brown nose, but normally um, with st- strictly striking gyms, um, for some reason, the first emotion is when I meet fighters who come from other striking gyms, it's intimidation. But Josh, Josh, you know, I mean, he, he's so legendary in his own name through through your guys' lineage. Easy going guy. Richard, lead back. Well, yeah. that
1: goes back to the same thing. If you're good, you have nothing to prove. You don't walk around like this is a fight club, and you don't have to prove that. I mean, even even Walter, a nice guy, don't you know? Don't make him mad. All of them don't make him mad. Um, right. don't respect them, but these are great guys, and and um, you know our instructors are active fighters, and. Um, and a student comes in, and that's kind of a possible, that's kind of cool, but they're also, oh, well, how, how is he, you know? Um, and, you know, when the guys come up and they introduce themselves, I mean, because you can have a great fighter, um, but they also have to be able to communicate um, those skills. Um, for example, um, as awesome as Muhammad Ali, um, well, I don't think I want to train with them. Or, um, you know, you, you have these great, fighters, but can they communicate, can they, can they teach? Not everybody can teach, Um, just like not everyone can be a champion. Uh, It's kind of funny, somebody had said, um, uh, how long, um, they said this to to Walter, how long um, does it take for the average person to be a champion? And he looked at him, well, the average person is not going to be a champion. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, no, it takes a lot more and a lot of work. And not everybody's cut out for it. I mean, people can fight, but there's a lot of sacrifice that, that goes with that too.
0: And um, some do it and some don't. Yeah, that's like saying, um, okay, to be a legend is eight years enough? Is that, is that just about right, Miss June? Yeah, eight years, right? Or I had um, a student come up
1: to me. He was an editor for, um, I think it was Spike TV at the time. And it comes up to me, because I've been coming every day, every day. Um, and I'm still working and it's been eight weeks and I still can't get the kit, still can't get it. And I said, okay, so if I come to where you work and you can kind of show me um, what you do in eight weeks, I can do what you do? Oh, no, I get it. No, and then I had another, we had another student who was an artist and said the same thing. I've been training, you know, for six months and I'm training hard, hard and I, I haven't, Gotten it. And I said, okay, you give me, you know, a canvas and a, a, uh, brushes and can show me, come in and and help me teach. And then I can do what you do in six months. And they're like, oh, no, no. So when you kind of put it to them like that, they get it.
0: Right. So before we promote, um, your show, I, 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 but I, but this is important for females though. Like, I, I mean, when you were training in Muay Thai, when you were training in JKD, what, 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 even though it's based out of martial culture and respect, was what, was it still uber masculine and you had to deal with pieces of shit out there who were just like, I mean, it's, it's a male dominated sport. Uh,
1: when I was doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I was training at the Carlson Gracie Academy and there weren't women there. Um, the one that would come in occasionally um, was 5'10", 165 pounds. Come on. Um, so, I mean, I've grown up in that all my life. Um, and, yeah, um, you're going to get some people who doubt you or who don't respect you. Um, and you shut up and you train. And my dad would always say, you like your fists to your talking. You know, don't say, oh, it's not fair. You should, no, shut up. And you just earn you earn their respect. And I've done that from day one, no matter where I've trained, you earn their respect. You can't expect it or you don't get special treatment. You do the work. It goes back to that same thing. Stop this. And more of this. Straight. That's, that's how you prove that's how you prove yourself. And you do have to prove yourself. You do.
0: And then now with the tide has it improved for females in training? I wanna say
1: yes. Um, again speaking from our facility because sure. Women come in and they do the work. They definitely they 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 do the grind and they are in there, um, yeah. So they don't earn it. They they earn the respect and those who don't, you know, don't. Nothing to do about that. You know, it's an individual, it's an individual thing.
0: Right. And and one thing, um, and I need you to correct me and check me on this. This this is just an opinion, and I asked this in a survey yeah. type question. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. What, what I notice with female martial artists, um, they I'm, don't have to be so. Highlight like me. No, I, am. I am the feminine queen. They're, they're, because I feel like they don't have to do that because they use so much of their mental and physical energy training and fighting and sparring. They don't need to be like, look, look at that female bat Batwoman signal. You know, they're not very, like, verbose about it. Yeah. When I talked about that, what's your instant reaction?
1: I mean, you know, um, that you'll have that, I think, in every sports um, profession. And you just, you don't know, pay attention uh, to that. I mean, I had always um, seen it, but um, from my experience, they don't last. Those don't last. They'll last. Right. And, you know, again, you can't control. You can set some guidelines, but people are going to be – um, who they are um, and then you know um, they'll learn they learn eventually but that's not
0: the right thing to do okay okay yeah well, I mean, I understand what you're saying yeah I, I just feel like the the females who train and actually spar and fight they're so confident like what you said about you know Josh and Richard it's just like they don't even need to prove themselves they're so exhausted from <laughs> getting good. beat up How and beat
1: guys get that confidence. They train. Um, you know, they stepped up to the challenges. They learned from their mistakes. They took their of course. Um, it was kind of interesting um, talking about women compared to men with the sparring. Um, women um, get hit. Not all, but many. That's because, I guess, how we're wired. Um, but again, I, I come from, you know, been training for so long for four different me when I started, started sparring at eight years old. But when women get hit, ooh, they get all mad. Um, when guys get hit, they ooh, okay, good one, get you back. So I talk to the women and I tell them, don't get mad, just get them back. Why did they hit your Hands were probably down. And then I tell people, and especially with the kids, give them an idea that sparring, you're not fighting. It's sparring. Um, it's um, tag. So I'm going to get you, get them back. It's dodgeball. It's a hard ball. Get out of the way. Um, and it's chess, you know, the strategy. And when you think of it in that way, and then when you do, a, uh, I do that for the for the kids, do a progression that way, they get it. And, and it's, it's kind of cool to see that. It, some women, I remember I had, we had a couple of students, and and they were all geared up, and they were in the ring, um, and they're tapping, tapping, tapping. It happens like they were doing technique. And I walked up to the ring. and said, what are you doing? Are we doing technique? Because if you're doing technique, you don't need all that care. Oh, no, sparring." And they go, oh, no, you're not sparring." I mean, somebody's got to get somebody. And that's how you learn. Um, and, you know, you're not friends. You're training partners. Um, and, and, and that's the, the, the boundaries that um, women that I've noticed that need to kind of overcome with it. You could be friends. If you could be friendly But the time to train, you're training. And if you get hit, don't get mad. Just get them back. Or, you know, why? Why did I get hit? my chin down. Don't cry. Don't swear. Just, you know, you got to take your licks and just get back. Um, so that, that ends up being kind of um, an interesting dynamics. And the women that do stay and do get it really excel. The ones that don't, you know, don't. Or, um... Then later, I had one that was a little bit more experienced, and then the new person came in. And again, the tap, 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 tap. And I pulled her so I said, What are you doing? Well, I'm kind of helping her. I said, No, you know, that's what's called new blood. You pull off the stuff on this new person that you can't pull off on somebody more experienced. That's the site. Yeah. And I told you, you should be pulling off the Superman punch on her. Go. You're not going to help her by just talking to the spar or when we have some of the guys helping the woman. I had this one guy, she was flying, and he was just standing there. And she was just hitting him, hitting him. And I went, wait, what's going on here? And he goes, well, I'm helping her. So you're not helping her. Um, she, she'll she get better work on a bag. I said, if you're going to help her, put something in her face. Don't take her head off. You know, don't hurt her, but tag her. She can't just, she develops a false sense of security. oh, well, I'm so good swinging from the fences. Come on, that's not, that's not helping him. That's not helping her at all. And I said, you know, help her. Help her. by like keeping her back. She drops her hands, head and face. But again, don't hurt her. Don't take her head off. But let her feel that it's learning.
0: Yeah, and it, it really is, you know, let her taste some reality. Yeah,
1: because yeah. again, it just builds a false sense of security. We see it all the time. We have uh, one of our female students training at a time where they're there aren't other females who want she's training with the guys um, and they're going easy. And then when I was talking to her or talking to women, they go, yeah, but you know, they don't take me serious when they go too easy. They say, you know, you want them to take you serious? Put some behind that punch. I said, let them feel it. Hit them. Let them feel it. And as soon as they do, and the guy can't kind of feel it, he's like, oh, good. Okay. Um, And and then they know that you, you're real and you are doing something and and Nine out of 10 times
0: that makes the transition and it works. Cool. Well, I'm excited because you have a TV project with the El Rey Network. Uh, maybe just break down how this came about.
1: Okay. I don't think it's
0: long overdue, but you know, how did this come about?
1: Yeah, I've been involved with fitness for so many, so many years. Um, I mean, I, I won in a fitness competition. Uh, regional, and I was second runner-up in national. So fitness has been a part of my life for gosh, most of my adult life. Um, so that's something I've been doing. Um, and people have asked me recently, "Gosh, how did you? How did you get the show?" And I tell them, you know, um, I found out who was head of of acquisitions, and I submitted. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't do that. Um, <laughs> they don't take that. Um, movie companies, film companies, networks—they do not. Do not take unsolicited. Um, That does not happen. Um, But I had uh, somebody that I had worked with um, years ago on a TV pilot, and he um, ended up working for um, Ray and was one of the executive producers. And earlier this year, he called me and said, would I like to pitch a fitness-based show? And I was like, "Mm," yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And then within three weeks, it was uh, green-lighted. We shot 10 episodes. The first episode aired last Monday, October 19th. And it it really um, is an awesome project. Um, It's fitness drills combined with fight training from combat sports. It is a, a workout video, but there's, I mean, a workout show um, it's one hour, but there, it's also fun, and easy to follow along. If you've had some training, then bring it. Cause like, I take it at a certain pace. If you're just starting off, then you know, just start off, be cool, have fun. You're not know, can get it today, or the next day, or the next day after that, but you will get it as long as you don't quit. And then it's kind of fun and informative stuff. I do some uh, self defense, and then I also talk about different um, situations that I've been in and other people have been in. Um, our first um, episode. Um, I did uh, gun disarm in the um, self-defense. And again, these are just options. And, uh, you know, you have only a few minutes, not a seminar, but just to show people that, you know, it is possible. Um, and again, that comes from Kali. All of the disarms I do, of course, comes from Kali. And then I also have a section in the show called June's Corner. It's kind of fun. It's it's fun facts, um, things that you may or may not have known about the martial arts, combat sports, or the fight world um so yeah like for the first episode um what's a stronger punch uh horizontal punch or a vertical i'm gonna ask you charles what do you think is strong vertical
0: is faster but the horizontal to that's, me that's is, is not stronger. that's not the question which is the stronger punch horizontal oh, or horizontal
1: okay um bruce lee's one inch punch iconic one inch punch was vertical so you know think about that uh, here's here, here's the but answer. But Bruce Lee is the exception. No, no, no. But still, you, are, I know a lot of guys from the Inasana Academy who can do that one-inch punch, that vertical punch. Uh, wing Chun, that art. Um, a lot of the uh, system that might uh, karate, they're doing a lot of vertical punches. Um, and kind of was a trick question. It was a trick question. Um, because the power I asked, I asked which is the stronger punch. Um, and the power of a punch comes from the lower body, it comes from the legs and the hips. Um, it doesn't come from the little wrists. So it was a trick question because they could be equally strong. So, why does a fighter, uh, a, a boxer, an MMA, and, uh, and Muay Thai fighters turn their punch over? And that's because it tears the skin. So now you know.
0: Right. And it's also the good connection from the legs to the hip. To the shoulder. Mm, you, oh, know, you still have that yeah.
1: um kind of disputed with, with the power because again, you're dipping and you're throwing the not the shoulder, not the hand, it all comes along for the right, it starts from the lower body and the hips and goes in. But again, for a fighter, that that's essential to get that tear. So that's why they turn it over. What's interesting is you talk to people who train in arts where they turn it over and they're like, oh, horizontal. And then you talk to people who train and are through the point, oh, straight punch. And I mean, what's cool is um, both answers, um, I mean, both punches are, can be equally strong. So So do you jab vertically? I sure do. No, I don't, I turn it over. I turn Because of my, um, uh, of the boxing background, the the Muay Thai, um, I turn my punches, I do turn my punches over. I also am left-handed, but I don't um, train southpaw. I train, um, in an orthodox stance, and um that was actually from i mean training in karate was a right handed art for me um so being left handed was very very difficult um, and and they don 't make the adjustment like with boxing, so yeah it was tough growing up i i didn 't compete in forms, and I think all of that frustration for being all you know awkward and um kind of tucked me up and i I sparred instead of um doing uh, florence because of, the be, you know, kind of aggressive with that. But so it wasn't until I did uh, boxing and I, I mean, I had trained in boxing, but I actually worked with a coach and did some formal boxing. And um, I told him that, yeah you know, I'm left-handed, but I train a lot with my right hand because of karate, the other I've done. And he said, well, my suggestion to you is that you train on um, Orthodox dance. Um, it's easier for an instructor to teach you. It's easier for you to partner with someone, um, and then once you get it, you get a handle. Then you can switch leads, and at the very least, you develop that power and coordination on the right hand. And because, I mean, I'll like comb my hair right and left-handed but because I've done so much with my right hand.
0: Sometimes I do get confused. Oh, wait, which one feels better?
1: Which one? So, I mean, that's that's a good thing.
0: But do you swing a stick and fight with a knife with your right, right lead do left lead? Left lead. I, uh, let's see. Let's see. I
1: okay. step in, you know, I'll step in on an attack. and I'm stepping right in, I'm not moving back. So I'm, stepping, I'm in a left lead and I'm stepping right in uh, with, with, with the right lead. And, yeah.
0: and do, you, do you find yourself more advantageous firing against a, a southpaw because you're a lefty? I know. Or I don't it's know. so I, difficult?
1: I don't know. I don't care. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't wait. Um, again, you don't wait for the person to dictate the fight. You, you take, put the pace and do you it. take the fight, um, to them. Um, you don't think about all that. Or it's interesting. Um, when talking with some of the fighters, and of course, you know, they study tape or they do this. Um, but at the last minute it happens so many times a fighter gets injured, dropped out, and somebody else comes in. And I remember saying, um, I mean, it's great if you have a chance to kind of get an idea. Of who you're fighting. Um, but it's not always accurate because, you know, your opponent can be changed at the last minute. Sometimes people also uh, change. Um, and the truth is, just like in the street, um, you really have no idea what they have. All you know is what you have. And whether it's in the ring or the street, you just know what you have and you bring it and you take the fight to them. Um, and for me, that. That applies in both areas. In the ring or in the street. You don't know what somebody's got. I remember years um I was training in the JKB content. Again, it was great. Um, training seven years. And the time I wasn't working much. I was training, I was teaching, I was I was acting out, know, literally training six, six and a half hours a day. Like I said, mm. hour and a half at the Carlson Grace, Kevin, going here doing college, going here doing uh, boxing, going well, here doing kickboxing, which I train, 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 train. And seven years, uh, reality hit me, and I did not feel good at any of the arts except for the karate I did for so many years as a kid. And I remember mentioning that to one of the senior students. And he looked at me and actually said, Oh, you're not training hard enough." me. I was like, Come on, dude, come on. Um, and it was actually my boxing coach who said, you're doing too much, June. You know I mean, I was what they call Jack of all trades and master of none. And that's what I felt like. I mean, it was great learning the arts, but I wanted uh, that I'll, it wasn't enough for me to um, be okay. I wanted to be good. that That's who I am. I'm going to strive for something better. And when that wasn't happening, um, and he said, um, boxing coach, said, you're doing too much. Pick one, pick two, and that's exactly what I did. I, I, I mean, although I, I, I love Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and it was great. I mean, I'm more stand up, but um, it's great, It's great art. And I love that art, knowing how to escape mount. Um, I'm not going to escape mount or, or put somebody in an armbar. I'm escaping mount, getting on my feet and my head, um, or um, could be able to put a rear naked choke and have that work because I had a situation once where the person was on PCP and I didn't know it was in Jiu-Jitsu. and I'm hitting, hitting, fighting, 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 slam his head against the wall, stay down. I take out, little we'll comp like a cartoon. Um, so, I mean, I love these arts. I loved Kali. I loved the weaponry, um, the uh, going from uh, the coordination and, 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 and from weapons to empty hands from the swords and knives. to just loved it. But again, it was too much and I wanted to be good. Um, and as soon as I did that, as soon as I, I did boxing and Muay Thai, that's when my level really soared. And it was shortly after that is when I met a Walter. And um, funny story, several years later, um, I ran into that same instructor. And then I kind of told him what my evolution had become. And he said to me, um, well, June, you actually missed the point. Okay, enlighten me. And he said, my goal is not to be good at any one thing, because chances are I'm a better boxer than that guy is a better grappler. Or I'm a, I'm a better um, um, a Muay Thai fighter than that guy is a boxer. And I looked at him, and I like, said, oh my god, he's never been in a street fight, have you?" And he did not like that. But And I said, you know, when you're going to realize that that boxer is better than you when you're on the ground. And again, the same thing. You don't know. I said, I see what you do. You spar. And you know this guy's coming in. He's a boxer. He's got a lot of weight on his front leg because he boxes and he steps on this. So you're going to kick that front leg all day long. Oh, you see these guy's grappling, And I said, but that's sparring. And that's not fighting. Um, and he wasn't happy, but I didn't care because, you know, I was speaking the truth or... My truth. Um, obviously, he had never been in a It happens like that. Well, I'm going to watch, or he, he buffs, so I'm going to take him down. I'll have that time. It goes by so quick, there's so many variables. So that was kind of um, an interesting um, evolution of my training in the JKD arts. I mean, it was great, but for me, I needed to focus. I needed to aspire to a higher level.
0: That, that's such a great share because uh, that that was really a lot of your dad, the areas that you trained in, and, you know, for you to have that almost like burning bush mode with that guy, and you go, wait, this guy has never been
1: done well, you know, ass kicking the street. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, actually, speaking of Guru uh, uh, Dan and Son, when I first started training, because he was also a uh, black belt in Kempo Karate under Ed Parker, and it was very interesting, and he was a great guy. He is a great guy, but was always very helpful uh, to me. He my father. Um, and when I was training, I had been training for um, less than a year. And he came up to me and he goes, how are you doing? How are you doing? And I said, good. I mean, you know, it's tough, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm hanging there. I like it. And he goes, let me, let me tell you something. And he said, whatever you've learned, um, you know, that's great. But what I'm going to tell you is put it on the back burner. What? Empty your cup. Put it on the back burner. Um, and he goes, and just learn. Don't get caught up in comparing and the and stance. Just learn this art or the new art you're learning and you're experiencing. And then when you got a handle on it, then you'll see where you can combine the attributes of the two. And that, I mean, I. I think I was doing that. already. I wasn't comparing, oh, we do this. Or, Why did we do that? Um, but to hear him say that was, was, was really something. And, and I, I shared that with other people coming in from, from different styles. And that's great. There's no comparison, but you're learning. So put it on, on the back burner. And it was very interesting because I had achieved such a, a high ranking and a high level in um, uh, Shell and Temple um you know starting something new um you know you gotta be a beginner um and that's okay i remember my first um was in jiu-jitsu class and i was um tying my belt and i was like i'm like that. and then i was like i'm a white like that i'm not performing there's no expectations i can make mistakes and it was the greatest feeling and i i took that with every aspect with every time I, I learned a new art. It was like, "Yeah, be really a beginner, have fun. Enjoy the process. And um, just doing that, I think really helped me to excel and not um, become impatient, or it was interesting when I was doing calling. And the instructor was like, "June, reach out, reach out." And my mind was like, "Reach out. And my eyes almost all the way extended. Reach out. Was, "Reach out, reach out." And then I saw a videotape. And I have something. And this is what I was doing with the stick. I was punching the stick. What you meant was to reach the stick out. And as soon as I saw that on video, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Because again, so used to punching, I was punching with a stick and not taking advantage of of that whole length of it. So that was that was kind of funny.
0: That's awesome, June. I took I took a lot of time. You were very generous. Are you doing privates? uh
1: Seminars? Um, I'm not doing seminars. Um, I I mean, I got a lot. I got a lot of stuff on my plate. I do um some privates. Um, but I'm not gonna babysit anybody. You know, I'm not gonna do that. No amount of money. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do that. Um, so I'll take on and I do take on a, a select um private students. Um, yeah, I'll do that. Um, the show Monday nights. Um, guys. Um, 5 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time, and then it's 8 p.m. The Elway Network, um, it's, it's a, it, like I said, it, it's an awesome, awesome show. Um, I'm going to keep posting because each week they're going to give us, uh, they're going to um, get a, a new digital episode poster. So please, everybody, keep sharing, um, keep supporting our industry, This is our industry. So um, thank you, Charles. Thank you, viewers. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and and before we sign off, I just want to say, man, you are so polished, and so ah. are TV honored talent ready, and and then you back that up with all the with all the martial arts knowledge that you know. I I really you you deserve this show, and I hope you get many many more shows and the utmost success because you deserve it. And props to you, yeah, I've, I've always respected you from a distance and. Um I, ho- I hope once we get this hot damn vaccine oh, yeah, all the ways up to uh Sid Yotang and you and Crew Walter's career. Yeah, well I mean we are open. Uh
1: we're fortunate. Oh, okay. sure. Yeah. We're fortunate um to have a large um gated parking lot. So we got canopies up, we got mats on the ground, or um getting bag stands um put up. Um and you know it is tough and it is challenging. Um, you know, we're Southern California and training outside in that crazy heat wave and the fires that couldn't be done, but to still be grateful to um, even be open partially when so many gyms are closing, so many, um, so many businesses. So yes, we, we are open. Students come in, um, with a mask. We take their temperature. Um, and we're, you know, we'll following our guide, guidelines doing the best we can. Governor, open up our gyms,
0: please. Jeez, please. Hey, Governor, um, can they get a hold of you?
1: Um, actually, um, Tong, you know, we're on the web. Um, that's easy. You'll find the phone number there. You'll find the email there. Um, it's great, and thank you all. And and you know, I, I was, I'm very blessed and fortunate for Ray to um, you know, have the show and to have me on there. Um, and you know, we're kicking butt. Um, so want to keep going and it, like I said it, it's, uh, it's a project that I'm really proud of and you know guys come on, support our industry um, keep watching um, June Castle's Fight Fit Bootcamp, A Better You Worth
0: Fighting For Fantastic June, thank you so much and I'll be in touch appreciate you Bye. take care, bye Thanks for tuning in to the show, and please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories aside from iTunes, such as Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V-E.com. And Believe Podcasts on social media. Now, if you want to get at me personally, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Plug12. That's P-L-U-G-O-N-E-T-W-O. Hit me up and I'll read your questions or maybe even have you on the show. Believe in the fight game. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.